0: Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behavior, sleep and more. When I had my daughter, I had a vague idea of what to expect when I brought her home. I knew I wasn't going to get much sleep and that was about it. Of course, the first weeks and months of a baby's life are going to be different for everyone. Everyone. But what if there was a rough kind of guide that could help you navigate those first months? Genevieve Muir is an obstetrics social worker, parenting educator, and mum of four. She has a few things she'd like you to know. Hi, Jen. How are you?
1: Hi, Cher. Thanks for having me. It's a
0: pleasure let's start with talking about crying because that can be quite a shock for parents in the first few weeks a baby can be super sleepy and hardly cry at all but that can all change can't it
1: yeah absolutely and I mean babies are as individual as as we are some of them come out and they do cry quite a bit in the first uh, week and most parents will say that nothing could have really prepared them for how it actually makes them feel when their babies cry. I think that we can have heard a baby cry in Target and feel kind of okay about it and then our own baby cries and it's a really hard thing to hear and I think that well, we know that's because our babies, it's it's wired to be distressing for us, that's how our species survives Um, but I think there are also some messages around crying that impact how we feel about it.
0: For me, I always felt like I needed to know exactly why my baby was crying and how to manage it. Is that what you mean in terms of our expectations around crying?
1: Yeah, look, absolutely. And I think we give parents this message or society gives parents a message. When you have your baby, when it cries, you need to work out what's wrong and you need to fix it. And you might fix it with a feed or with sleep or with some settling. And that works a lot of the time, particularly with a new baby, that will often work. However, as you would know, Chev, I'm sure, (laughs) sometimes it doesn't and that's a situation where I, I don't think we prepare parents enough for that, that crying is healthy and normal and babies do cry. Sometimes it's communication, but sometimes it might be just letting out an emotion and in that case, you might do absolutely everything right and if your baby's still crying but we expect our job is to fix it, then we're going to feel in that moment like we've failed.
0: That is so interesting because I remember people telling me, you know, you need to learn what their cries mean, like, you know, is it are they hungry, are they tired? And I never understood <laughs> what a different cry meant. I mean, my solution was just to always give them the boob because um, I figured they were just always hungry. Yeah. Um, so what you're essentially saying is that just like us, babies can have had enough and just be crying for no other reason, but they need to get it out. I mean, that knowing that makes a huge difference to how you see your ability to settle them.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, I love new parents to know that the average newborn baby will be crying around one to two hours a day at birth if we add it all up. Um, and you touched on it at the start. Some babies can be quite sleepy in that first week and some, you know, they're really crying. And when they're crying in that first few weeks is often between the hours of 11 p.m. and 5 a.m. So it's not (laughs) fun. Um, And there's a few reasons for this. So, again, just knowing the the science of it or why can help. So we make more of the hormone that makes breast milk at night. So they're crying at night because of that. It's bringing in the breast milk. Um, But also because they would of partied all night while mum slept and been rocked to sleep all day. So they've kind of got that day-night confusion, or I like like to think of it as jet lag. (laughs) And, you know, for the first 10 days to two weeks, they're crying more at night. And how that progresses is that by around six to eight weeks, we reach the peak of crying. And the average newborn baby then is crying about three to four hours a day. Thankfully, not in the evening anymore. It's usually between the hours of 4pm and 7pm. And you would know that any mum or dad would know that as the witching hour, which unfortunately lasts longer than an hour. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like everything, morning sickness, not just the morning. So that is, you know, that period of time for everyone is is quite stressful. If the baby's crying and you can't settle them no matter what, If it's the end of the day for you, it's the end of the day for them, everyone's tired. Do you have any advice on how new parents can handle that period of time?
1: Yeah, I think that definitely getting equipped with an understanding of what's happening for babies in that first 12 weeks. So we know that a lot of it is kind of like best described as sensory overload. Everything we do to settle a baby when they're unsettled and, and it's not being resolved with a feed or with a nappy change or with sleep and they're just crying is usually about mimicking the womb. So when we rock, when we rap or swaddle, when we pat, we're mimicking the womb. The heartbeat is the padding. When we shush, that noise that we do is mimicking the sound you would have heard on your ultrasounds. And everything that we do is about really kind of mimicking that environment, which makes our babies feel safe and secure. Essentially, when we sort of understand that sometimes our babies are just saying, I just feel out of control, help me out, make me feel safe. And our job is to sort of hold them. And and I sort of talk to parents. I mean, one of the things, apart from knowing those practical things, uh, like, you know, the skills around settling and swaddling, just knowing that our babies are picking up so much of what we put down. So if you can know that crying is normal and that sometimes our job is just to be there and maybe say out loud to our baby, it's okay. You know, I've got this. Even if you don't inside, you just fake it till you feel it. (laughs) Um, that can make all the difference because the calmer we are and the more confident we feel, the more our babies just pick up on that confidence and they're likely to start to settle. But the other element is just knowing that it is normal and that you're not doing anything wrong and babies will cry, particularly around that six to eight-week period, super hard, and knowing that it will pass, it won't stay this intense.
0: Moving on to other parts of this initial period of having your baby at home breastfeeding can be enormously challenged. In fact, it is hard for most women because it's like a, it's a learned skill. We don't just have our baby and automatically know how to breastfeed. But can you talk to me in particular about cluster feeding? What is it and how does it? La- how long does it last?
1: Well, um, I mean, look, I can speak absolutely on that sort of emotional side I see as, a, as an obstetric social worker and in a hospital and seeing the emotional impact on parents. And I think it is, it is a learned skill and it takes our babies so long to get a handle on it. Cluster feeding is really where our babies are feeding kind of nonstop. It can feel like it's often in the middle of the night in those first few weeks. So it's between those hours of 11 p.m. usually and 5 a.m. And it's like nothing you do will settle your baby. Nothing seems to make it OK. And what's happening is that all of that fussing and kind of wanting to be on us is bringing in the milk. And often uh, people will find they have a really bad night where they just think, oh, my goodness, can we get a refund on this baby? (laughs) And then the next morning things have changed and that milk is coming in. Um, And then we see a bit of cluster feeding down the track. You might see it right as your baby has a bit of a growth spurt and suddenly there's just a day and they won't stop feeding and you think, what's going on? And then you'll feel kind of a change to your milk as well.
0: And... I mean, the big thing that everyone talks about with a new baby is sleep. Is there anything you want parents to know about sleep and babies that will help them the way you just helped with crying?
1: (laughs) Okay. So with sleep, I think it's, I mean, gosh, it's the biggest topic of the first 12 months of having a new baby. You know, how much sleep are you getting? Who's getting more sleep and how much when does the baby sleep next and when did they last wake and all of that so so consuming the biggest thing that I think can help brand new parents is knowing that babies can only be awake for about one hour from the minute they wake including the feed including the nappy change everything it's only about an hour up um, and knowing that is really powerful in terms of sleep because we think our babies will show tired signs like rubbing their eyes yawning pulling their ears or grizzling to let us know they're tired but our little newborns in that fourth trimester they do none of this (laughs) They (laughs) simply go from i'm okay to i am completely overtired and an overtired baby is harder to get to sleep harder to keep asleep so sleep Mm. brings sleep and knowing that hour is super powerful and it doesn't really change till after six weeks when it pushes out to an hour and a half in some babies. So I think that's one of the biggest things to know. Um, And there's other really useful information about baby sleep cycles and and how that all works. But I think if you can stay on top of those awake windows, that can be enormously um, powerful for parents because we all know that feeling of an overtired baby. and the only other thing I'd add is sometimes you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So, you know, sometimes you'll do absolutely everything right and your baby will be up for four hours and you think, oh my god, this baby's never going to sleep again. But actually you've done everything you can and, and, you know, it's just not working out that day and tomorrow will be a new day.
0: Is there anything else you'd like parents to know about that first 12 weeks of um, bringing their baby home?
1: Uh, just that it is such a, a it's beautiful mix of emotions. It's, it's wonderful and joyful, and it's definitely not all bad, but it's a steep learning curve, and it's steep for us as parents, but the, the person that's really having the steepest learning curve is our baby who's born at nine months, not really ready to be here, and they're really getting the hang of everything, just being okay being here. Be a bit patient with that process. Let it unfold. And mostly know that you can't create a habit, good or bad, in that first 12 weeks. So it's really about surviving, doing whatever you need to do to sort of sort your baby's needs and and survive it yourself, knowing that by 12 weeks of age, we've got that completely different baby that's reaching and rolling, interacting and feeding with ease, and everything does get a lot easier. So it's being easy on yourself and being easy on your baby in that first 12 weeks.
0: Jen, thank you so much for your time today. It's my pleasure. That's Genevieve Muir. She's an obstetric social worker and parenting educator. You can find out more about Jen at her website and we'll put links in the notes of this episode. I'm Siobhan Hunt. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us so we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, send your email to feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.